Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Trials of Imagination podcast, or TOI for short. My name is Matt Lane, and with me on this wonderful journey that for some odd reason people have requested is Miss SJ. We'll say hi to everybody, SJ. Hi, everybody. And we are going to be doing some podcasts because it is something that a lot of you have expressed interest in over the past couple of weeks of our current campaign. And we uh, like D&D and we like talking. So it seems like a good fit, to be honest. So we figured, you know what? Why not? We'll give this thing a shot. If you are new here, as I said, my name is Matt. This is Miss SJ. Our group is called Trials of Imagination. This is our second campaign as a group together, but we'll get into a little more details throughout this series, whether it be this episode or next episode. We'll get into plenty of details of a variety of things for where we came from to how we got where we are and everything in between without fail. So, yeah, and if for a disclaimer and for your own knowledge that if you are a Patreon member, then you get early access to these. You're hearing these before everybody else. And if you're not, fear not, because you're still hearing it, obviously, because you're listening to it right now. But <laughs> if you want to be able to hear it early, all you have to do is go check out the Patreon page and you can have early access to it to where you get to hear it before everybody else and then laugh and taunt at them as you get to hear things that they do not. It's great. So that is a little bit about that. And honestly, that's, I mean, really all we need in sort of an introduction. I just want to start talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know about you, but uh, one of the biggest questions that uh, a lot of us get asked is kind of just how the group got started. So I know we've answered this on some Q&A episodes before, but, you know, there's there's plenty of people that may have missed those or haven't gone back and watched them. Or, you know, it might just even be worth talking a little more details overall. So, uh, and this, this answer kind of applies to both of us in the same regard. I'll, I'll let... As they go first, but um, so <laughs> I already know the answer to this question, but how how did you end up arriving at the group that ended up leaving uh, leading to where we met? Because I know I know where it goes. I know that we're going to each be part of a group that kind of pulls us together. But how did you end up there is, I think, the the better question. So, like, how did I get to the Facebook group where the question was asked or whatever? Because what brought us both together was the uh, the Reform Gamer Dungeons group did a one shot. And that's what that's what ultimately established us together. But what how did you get there in the first place to the group? Right. Oh, fun story. Um, it's, it's actually not a fun story. It's not a bo- it's not a horrible story either. <laughs> it's a boring story. Um, I was part of a shepherd group, like a small Bible study, and um, the leader had previously known me, and he knew me as kind of a, a gaming nerd. Uh, so 
when I joined the small group, that was obviously one of the things that we would talk about is just gaming, not necessarily RPGs, um, more about video games, actually. So at some point, he just invited me to the Reformed Gamers Facebook group. Um, so I joined up, even though I didn't think of myself as like, you know, huge gamer, like I enjoyed games, but so I joined in. Um, and it was fun there. And then when the uh, pandemic started, someone in the group um, said, hey, since we're all going to be at home anyways, does anyone want to try uh, D&D, just a one shot? And I thought, you know what? I have time. Why not? So, so I joined in. And you were never the same ever since. I was never the same. Nope. <laughs> Nor any of us my for life forever. So I have a hard time even recalling exactly how I got to the group. But I, I can tell you what I think my answer is. I know I've been streaming and I was a part of the Reform Gamer group on Facebook. And I want to say that along the way because you know i don't know if you remember this we did a like a a event in memoriam of uh one of the players that was very active in the reform group who yes. unfortunately passed away early i remember we, that. we, we all kind of did like a joint effort thing where we played one of his favorite games in memory of him and just all hung out together collectively <laughs> amongst a variety of different streams while play it was, it was a very neat thing and it just kind of just shows how how, how cool that group is and in certain ways for how they, they care about the, everybody that is involved with it. But w one of the people that I don't remember if he arrived then or if this was before then, because it's been too long now, but one of the people that is now in our group of trials of imagination was a viewer of one of my streams. And I, for the life of me, can't remember where, but, he told me about a one shot that somebody was doing. I believe I might be completely fabricating this memory, but I feel like that's <laughs> what happened. So th that's at least canonically what happened in my head is that this person told me there was a one shot happening that they were doing and asked me what to do. Cause I know like once I told him I was interested, he's like, cool, you can be in my group. So, ah, so that's uh, how you ended up in that group. Okay. Right. I, 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 like I said, it's, it's been a minute now since that, so it's hard to remember the exact details, but I feel right. like that's kind of loosely what happened. But regardless, I got there, we had this one shot, and it was, it was, it was okay. If, if I want to be completely honest, one shots are not really my thing as much. I've yet to have a whole bunch of one shots. I was like, yeah, that was just mm, that was awesome i want to do some more of those because i like exposition i like role playing i like story and, and depth and stuff and you really can't get still into has that one of my favorite parts though that, oh, that the, one, the one we did yeah. yeah so um for everybody listening two bit and i um <laughs> so they don't Matt know who Tubit is. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were we were in the same one shot because you know a bunch of people signed up for this one shot, so they um, 
divided us all up into different groups and then at the very end we all like came together into one like one or two big groups and anyway so matt and i were in the same group um and so there was one point where my character was in front of his character and he was we were in battle and so matt made a shot and I said, don't you dare hit me. And then he rolled like a two. So obviously he hit me. Yep. <laughs> and I've never let him live it down. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, mistakes were made. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. I and mean, then didn't look. your character, like, was it your character or, or someone else's who turned into a giant spider? I don't think that was me. Okay, someone else then. I just heard someone like turn into a giant spider and climb the castle wall. Gosh, if if we if that happened, then man, I have a really different memory of <laughs> how that one shot went. But yeah, the, I mean, you know, yeah, especially that was a like one that was the first D and D experience I've ever had. Actually, which is we'll go into a little bit of one of the other questions we wanted to to kind of talk about uh, on this first episode. But uh, after that one shot finished, I remember thinking to myself, because as I said, you know, uh, it was fun, but I at least could see, you know, the potential of what it could be because that's all I had as a frame of reference was just this one shot. And at this point, I had never played a, a campaign. And I was thinking to myself, man, this could actually be really, really fun and really cool if it were, you know, more than one episode. Because you can only pack in so much in a one shot, especially as many players as we had. We were really having to stretch it thin. So I thought, you know, I, I've i never had people to play with, which is the only reason it took me so long in life to really kind of make it happen. And unfortunately, it took a pandemic and all of this kind of, you know, losing, going stir crazy at home to come together and uh, make some form of outlet to where we could have community and nerdiness at the same time. So everybody started turning to D and D, but you know, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, ah, you know, I think there's enough people here that would probably all have common interest and would want to do a campaign. So I reached out. I remember that um, with the campaign. So, the one who was in charge of our group for the um, one shot, he had to leave like very close to the end. And so I had been what I also had his stream on while we were playing. And so then I wanted to find someone else who might be streaming it. And so I went through the uh, discord and then that's when I found your stream um, so then after it was all over, you were still talking about it and you put out the question, you know, would anyone else want to do a longer run? And I messaged you and I was like, yeah, I'd be interested in it. Mm-hmm. And it was a variety of things. Cause I think some of them were messaged directly from the group and some found out that way. And then, uh, SJ ended up bringing her brother in to 
DM because we didn't. Yes, yes, re- did. we wanted somebody else to DM and someone that was available. And she said she thought she knew somebody that would probably be interested. So she, <laughs> I think that's what she framed it as. I don't remember you actually saying it was your brother. And me was like, yeah, I think I, I know yeah, somebody. I, don't I, I think, might know somebody. Yeah, and then she's like, hey, this is my brother. Oh, okay. He's like, hey, we're gonna have somebody host it. Hey, here's my other brother. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, my other brother streams. He can probably host it. Well, first you were going to host it, but it wasn't working out for you. Well, it went through a lot of phases. I don't know if you actually remember what the initial idea was. So this is a good time to transition. So that first off, that is how this whole amalgamation got together. It started with a one shot that led to, hey, we want to kind of see what how campaign goes. And then we all kind of you know, formed this group and then did a full campaign. And when we were starting it, we were wanting to stream it because we less of wanting. I don't think anyone had the idea of streaming it for the sake of streaming it. I think it was more of, we knew other people that were interested in watching it at that time. If, if yeah. I recall correctly, I don't think anyone like I think there are some people that even were like, yeah, we could just not stream it. And that was actually like thrown around several times. Like even there were some episodes just randomly like like episode 30 or something. It's like, hey, we don't have to stream tonight. We don't want to. <laughs> it was just, it was just it, campaign one was so much more loose <laughs> than what it is now. But <laughs> There was the one night where my brother's computer caught on fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, campaign one. So then Just, I think you, you did you end up streaming the rest of it? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember it was just like, he's like, guys, there's something burning. I'm going to have to the, turn off my computer. <laughs> the stream stopped and that's all that, like and it turned out his computer literally caught on fire. Yep. It was just the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> like, it's fine ever. now. He he has it fixed. Right. I think it but, had something to do with the um power so cord. I don't uh, I don't know if you remember but when we started campaign 1 the initial idea that was presented was a round robin that literally each week somebody different would stream it. And that, we would, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, that that was the idea. Because, <laughs> but well, you're thinking of it now about what what it is. So like the reason was because we didn't we weren't thinking about it from the point of streaming. We were just thinking that there were people that wanted to watch it. That we knew. Yeah, so okay. all they needed was a link. And we knew that streaming is taxing and it takes effort. So we wanted to spread the load to where it wasn't on the same person each week. To where right. it was just taken. So that was the idea. If you're if you're really wanting to actually stream something, yes, horrible idea. You need to have it in one place to where it, it never moves. But given that we, did, we didn't have people showing up to watch this <laughs> for for a while... I think the first several, I mean, like, I think Erlock was probably like the first person that really showed up. And I don't, I don't even remember where he, I guess he was a friend of one of your brothers, I think. Yes. Is how he ended up showing up and was kind of just there. He was a trooper that would showed up pretty much every week. But, you know, it, for other than that, there, there wasn't a whole lot of consistent 
people that were in and out for a while. I'd say probably until like the first, heck, I don't know, maybe 20 episodes before we started seeing familiar names. Yeah. Something like that. So it was just very different, but it's funny. It's really funny to think about now because you, you just think of like even attempting the idea of that in the current campaign. Like, well, that's a dumb idea. Like, why, why would anyone do a round robin? Like, this is just stupid. Like, yeah, you know, t- different times, man. Like, different times. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun looking back on because not a, you know, a lot of people that have, I know most people that, we have in the current campaign do either do not know much about campaign one or don't know anything about it. Yep. Mystery campaign. And I don't, I feel like we ask this all the time and we always say we're going to look into it and we never do. Is there any place they could actually watch those? I don't remember. So I, yeah, I have talked to my brother about this and he's just like, there's a lot of editing involved. <laughs> Is usually yeah. the answer I get. So, I don't blame him at all. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that <laughs> yeah. at all. I mean, I'm like, you could just, you know, post it. No editing. Yeah. For that matter, I don't edit the current ones at yeah, all. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I, at the end of the night, when that thing is done, I go to Twitch video producer. I go to export and it goes straight over to YouTube and that's it. There's yep. there is no splicing. We're not doing any of that. Too much too much time, too much effort. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, it'll be more, a lot more professional, right? Uh, maybe. I mean I think it's more sincere to let them see whatever happened on stream because we are streaming it. So to, That's true. To cut it would be to give them a fake product of what actually happened. Whether it be good yeah, or bad. like, what would you cut out, anyways? Yeah, like, there's not really anything you would cut, but it it, it does kind of stink in one regard because it, it is a lot of fun to see <laughs> how this group's first campaign was versus how this one is. Because I yeah. think all of us have drastically improved by a. I would pr- hope so by a pretty wide margin, <laughs> and it's like. I mean, as we have like, accents now. It's great. As as nice as I can say it, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily because, like, right now, like we're all really good. I think it's just like if we go back and watch season one. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> this was. I mean, we still was, we still it, had good times in season one. Oh heck yeah, we had wonderful times. A- was, Ayla breaking into the mayor's house to make blueberry muffins will forever be one of my favorite moments not ayla azalea azalea sorry why yes. did i name them so close <laughs> why I do don't i know. do this to myself <laughs> her first character was named azalea and it was a bard who hardly ever barded right like, she forgot <laughs> to bard at all <laughs> near the end she got better at it she got a lot better about inspiring to be, people <laughs> to be honest it was a little gnome that was basically sj walking <laughs> walking around i have never broken into anyone's house <laughs> to make blueberry muffins that, that's all sj does is like if you have a kitchen and you have muffins you need to hide it <laughs> at all because sj is going to come in there and break into it and make some muffins. She'll leave them there for you, all things yes, considered. Yes, I will. I will leave the muffins there. So, you know, it's not really the worst thing them. in the world. I will take some. But that, I mean, 
like it was our first campaign so of course it wasn't anything great it's actually really funny to watch if you can go back and find any of it but it's it's really cool to see you know how how different that is versus what we're doing now um and i think that leads to another question which we kind of answered a little bit but like that was my first campaign and the sjs as well so we well kind of well full full fledged campaign it took a whole year right because yeah so i had actually i kind of forgot i had started a, a campaign with mm-hmm. my brother as the dm like a year or two prior maybe mm-hmm. three years prior and it was actually that campaign but we didn't get very far just because you know timing and when people could come and whatnot so we only really um i think we only played like two or three times uh so the the classic D &D trope right a group group gets together has two or three solid episodes and never meets again but it was it was in person so that was nice to actually have friends around the table we used i had these little rubber ducks that we used as our pieces to move around that it was great you know that that's another question that i i think has been asked every single q a we've done is uh what is better between dnd in real life versus doing it like via discord which is what you know we'd like do it digitally and virtually right and there's like there's no generic answer to that Right. I, I think it depends on the person. Uh, there's pros and cons to both. And I, I think it, you get a lot more natural energy from being in person. For sure. Th- that is very easy to, to feed off of people better. I think it's easier to be more natural in the role play seat when you're in person because... There's no lag. There's no, uh, and any sort of like confusion on like w- when you should talk. You can actually have sidebars, which you can't virtually. So like you could have a conversation to the person next to you in character if you wanted to while the table is talking, which is a whole different element to it. Man, but in that the would same, be so interesting to do. <laughs> right. It, you know, it it has its its merits, but then you, there's plenty on the virtual side too. Because like I think you get way more immersed. And the musical side of things or the sound effects side of things when you're doing it on the virtual side. I think you can try to implement that in a real game a little bit, but it would require either a really good speaker or making all your players wear headphones or something like that, which would kind of make it a little weird. Well, I've seen some like legit, you know, D&D rooms. Like Mm -hmm. there's, um, there's this one... A game shop up in Pennsylvania that um, they're making a and d room like they're in the process of making it so that you can basically rent the room um, and yeah that would be kind of cool if they had like a speaker system that you could come plug your laptop in so that you could actually have the music but I do enjoy the music that we get to have uh, on stream sure and it's worth noting that, you know, like there, there's been some really cool 
Dungeons and Dragons rooms that you can go look at, especially if you have you know access to the interwebs and you can Google that there's a lot of really impressive things out there. But for the average users, yeah, it's probably not quite the same in real life than it would be virtually. Just just for headphones sake is usually the the thing that right. changes it there. And if you're if you are using things like Roll Twenty or any form of virtual tabletop, a lot of those give you custom access to different music players and it puts the control in the hands of the player. So like all of in hours, each player can control the volume. So they don't have to be forced to listen to it at a certain level. They can each control their own fader so that they, if they want the music nice and loud, they can do that. If they want it to where they can barely hear it, they can do that. If they want it off, they can do that. That's, that's completely up to each individual player, which I think is a good tool and it's one of the benefits of of doing things virtually so i don't think there's really like a a clear winner either way but what we have is virtual because most of us are not even remotely close to being in the same state so well yeah yeah there, <laughs> or there country. Are, yeah and, and some even country because we have two that are not even in the country we we right. have we collectively uh, what is it is it three no what one you can do it. I believe in you. Two. We have four different time zones. We have yes. West Coast. We have Central. We have East Coast. And then I don't remember what the note. Uh, I don't remember what that Alaska. one's called. But the one that Liam's on. Right. Uh, I don't actually remember the name of it. It's an hour ahead of East Coast. We'll right. say that. Yep. So we we have four different time zones to work with, which my goodness, you ever talk about trying to schedule stuff? That was a that was a task and a half. Yeah, thankfully it, it it worked out at the what isn't it the same as season one? Pretty close. Yeah, I think we're a little earlier. I think season one actually started at like I guess eight thirty a lot of times. Like we would get okay. in the group at like eight ish my time yeah. and then wouldn't start like, yeah. So it was a lot later, I think, which for anyone that's ever wanted to know, I, I know we don't go into crazy detail about it on the streams. So like we do, we have this weird compressed window because there a couple of the players can't get there much earlier than the time that we start, which right now is 8 p.m. Central is kind of when we like start and some of them it's for work, some of it's for Bible study group, and some of it's, I know like SJ has kids and they don't really go to sleep until a little bit closer to that time. So like we can't really start much earlier than that. And then on the backside of it, one of our players is still, uh, I think it's his first year of college. So he still lives with his parents and the, the internet at his home actually gets cut off at a certain time. So the internet in the house just goes off so that, that is just like a literal hard cutoff that we can do nothing about so that that player is just gone and that you know you don't really want to keep a campaign episode going when a player just suddenly can't be there so that kind of creates this hard cutoff so then we can only be there so early and then we can't be there past that so it creates this like literal window like this is all we have to work with (laughs) is this right here and it's every week so that's if you've ever been wondering why we do the rule of we don't 
interact with chat vocally a whole lot. That's why, because we have such a tight window and, you know, as much as it would be fun to interact with chat sometimes, if you stop to do that, it throws out the rhythm and then it just, it slows everything down. And like, we already have a short amount of time. So if we want to do the, the story and the campaign, any sort of justice, we kind of have to, really stay on track with it otherwise it could just go south in a hurry especially with the the brains that most of us have and how freaking adhd and social we are we would just start talking to chat and just never stop what? and then forget never. forget that we're playing and be like oh yeah but i forgot uh the liam's dying so yep. we should probably oh, well he's dead okay <laughs> and then it's just done that may or may not have happened in season one <laughs> that didn't but we straight did forget about a person in a mine that right, was a, that's what i'm talking about <laughs> i didn't forget about him i just i didn't think he was gonna die i was like headed his direction but at the same time defending myself we, well so it just I, it, it didn't happen <laughs> forget i guess in the sense that like we we didn't stop to think about the parameters of D of like oh yeah every turn that we're not <laughs> going to heal that guy is a turn closer to death yeah i mean and we then, were also very new to D, so just the concept of how the timing works like that might not have exactly been on our minds either correct it, there's a there was a lot to process on camp i mean that was uh, campaign one was a learning process by very and large so a learning process that happened to have a little bit of narrative involved <laughs> is pretty much all that was. But it was a lot of fun because like, you know, as I said, Jay, which is a player in our current campaign, was the DM of that campaign, which is SJ's brother or one of the brothers. And he he did a really good job doing the DM of that campaign and really threw some curveballs with a lot of our stories. And it was really fun that he would take stuff that we'd give him and then not only do it justice, but then just completely flip it on its head. Cause there was, so the, this was still so freaking hilarious to me that this happened. And I just remember just laughing and laughing like, Oh gosh, what am I going to do that? My character had this backstory to where he was framed for something that he kind of did, but not in the sense of how it got framed they like took it and took it to the extreme and made it to where like he was basically this mass psychopathic murderer that, you know, just wiped out this entire territory out of pure evil and malice basically, which is not what happened at all, but that's kind of how it got framed. And we're going through the campaign to where my character is slowly, but surely kind of unveiling the details of this and then i don't remember at what point jay decided this he was like hey i thought it would be cool if we did this because of what one of the other players backstory is because his uh home world got wiped out yeah that's gonna be the world that you wiped out (laughs) oh (laughs) oh okay cool So it's it's kind of like haphazardly through to me that I just murdered the other players, (laughs) basically entire village. It was like, okay, what do I do with this? Great. 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 So it was just, we were just sitting on that for a whole 
and he would just we never really knew from episode to episode when that was going to come up so half the time i'd be getting into an, ep- an episode in campaign one it's like all right is today the day where uh me and another player end up having to fight because he realized that i might have killed his family <laughs> i don't know i really don't but it it, it was a really cool twist that I, I liked i liked a lot so that was a that was a fun moment from from campaign one since yeah. most of most of it's not really <laughs> watchable at this point. <laughs> well, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I know the answer is a lot different from campaign one and campaign two, but l- let's we'll, we'll transition to the current campaign a little bit. That in this we we did treat this a lot differently than we did campaign one. Like, I mean, for a variety of reasons. One, we, we switched DMs. So, I mean, if if you've watched it at all, you know that I'm the DM of the current season as opposed to Jay, and now Jay is a player. And we also added two more players who are not present for campaign one. But we did a lot more prep work for this one than we did the other. So what yes. was... For you, what were some big differences in how you prepared your campaign one character, a.k.a. Azalea, versus your current campaign character, which is Ayla? So, with Azalea, um, my brother had suggested making the backstory more vague since we were starting with a level one character. So, it's like they're just becoming an adventurer and all that. So like not have a whole lot to the backstory was my perception of how to make this character anyways. Mm-hmm. So she didn't, she had a very short backstory, which I kind of added on to like padded it in as the campaign went just to add something more to her. Um, but she had a very small backstory basically. Whereas with Ayla, there is a novel behind Ayla. <laughs> uh, she has quite Literally. a backstory. Um, so, yeah. So, she has quite a bit of backstory. Um, but at the same time, I still, you know, let her grow as a as a character through the beginnings of this. Just trying to get a feel of her as well. Um, did did you do that out of a desire to create contrast with how you prepared Azalea or was it just kind of just wanting to go down that road of what it's like to really have a backstory? Um, I think I just wanted to have a more defined character this time since I didn't because I didn't really put a whole lot of in a sense, thought into Azalea, you know, her character personality-wise truly was a lot of my own personality, just came out in her. Um, I feel like with Ayla, because I took the time to write a backstory for her, I have something to go off of for her character, though sometimes I feel like, you know, some of my own personality still obviously comes out in her. Um, she, I can definitely stick to, in a sense, her script mm-hmm. because she has one. It's true. It's, well, a script is more like a 
you know, full fledged novel <laughs> at this point, which is fine because I, I, I mean, I did kind of not tell the players to do that. But I was like, feel free to, you know, as make a deep a backstory as you want because this is about to be a lengthy campaign. So the more you got, the better. I think it's you know it it, it never hurts. Uh, so I already know the answer to this question, but this is another one that kind of gets asked a little bit around the group. Have you ever DM'd or GM'd? And for, for those who not know this, like Dungeon Master or uh, Game Master, you know, the, the per- Game Master, or the you know the people that are kind of leading the charge of of the campaign. No, I haven't, um, because. My brother was the one who DM'd for the first one I ever tried, which was like that, you know, really short, non-existent one. And then uh, our friend Lava did the one shot for us. And then my brother again for season one and then you for season two. But no, I have not had the chance, opportunity uh, to be a DM myself. Yeah. And we can't go into too much details about it, but we are going to attempt to change that in the future. So, <laughs> yes, in the in the future, <laughs> whether SJ wants to or not, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try it to push it down. Maybe a train that. wreck, but it it probably will happen. <laughs> yeah, which we're, some of us are looking forward to it for that very very notion. Uh, and I, so I, I might <laughs> I might regret asking this question, but those are oh, usually the, usually the best ones to ask in the podcast. What um as as Shay said and I've said like this is uh like I'm the DM of of this campaign and to answer the question I just asked Shay this is the only campaign that I've ever DM'd I've you know I, I'd been in the the campaign we did before this and this is the second full fledged campaign that I've participated in but this time around I'm the DM instead of a player but I did do a variety of one shots in between the first one that brought us all together and ones in between uh, up until then in the current campaign. So I've played a, f- a variety of different facets of D&D, just not a whole lot of full-fledged campaigns. But <laughs> the the question is going to kind of be, did, did you have any sort of expectations Speaking of the word train wreck, <laughs> you want to use that because you, 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 and everyone else knew that I had never been a DM before. So, were there any form of expectations that we were just going to get in and just be an absolute bloody mess? No, honestly, because I n- knew how much work you had put into this campaign. Um, I knew that you put months of work into developing so right now uh we are going through curse of strad or rather a homebrew with a curse of strad core because uh matt here decided to mold it to his will um so even if you know we've even if some of us because some of us had played curse of strad before um so even if you've played it before or heard it before, this is still a very different campaign. So I usually tell people, you know, oh, we're playing a homebrew with the Curse of Strahd core because it has a lot to do with Curse of Strahd, but um, Matt took, what was it, like three months to 
to change a whole lot of it so that it was, in a sense, its own. At least. There's there's a little more. But, you know, (laughs) preparation doesn't necessarily mean things are going to to go smoothly. So I I appreciate the vote of confidence, I suppose. But... Well, I mean, it's not like it was our first campaign at all together because we've done we did season one and i knew how much effort you put into that each mm-hmm. week as well um and you you do a lot so mm-hmm. but that that actually comes up with um brings us to one of my questions for you uh what are some of your real life experiences that you think have really helped you be a good dm Oof. Real life experiences that help me be a good DM. Gosh, what a loaded question. Uh, there, there's a countless amount. Um, for any of the people that do not know me very well, I'm very extroverted. I, I love social interactions. I love talking to people. So I have always been that way. So from a very young age, I was constantly just talking to as many people as I can, just because I, I love getting to do that. I love getting to meet people. I love getting to make new friends and uh, learn, learn about them and just, just literally have conversations. So in doing that just over and over and over and over it kind of puts you in this constant practice of learning how to engage with a huge variety of different people. Because not only would I do that as a person socially, but I've always been in music. So I was, you know, I would play in bands and we would travel and I'd be a contract guitar player to go fill in for bands and travel and get to meet people there and talk to people. I was a youth minister for a time, so I'd be put into places there. I've always been inactive in church and would play there. So I'd, I'd be talking to people there. I've always been into sports. So <laughs> I know that has a very random thing to do here, but I've always been into that. And that brings its own audience that puts me in a completely different group of people that I'm just, I was always surrounded by just such a variety of different people and learning how to engage with them and, and uh, just interact with a bunch of different things so that's that's the best real life example i can think of that i guess puts you in a a good dm seat so to speak because one of the things you have to somehow navigate through is how to have interchange with multiple players who are two different people because you're interchanging with them as their character and as their player and you're trying to somehow satiate both desires both the desire of the character and desire of the player, which is a hard thing to navigate through. And it's not always achievable, but it at least helps put me, I guess, in the best position I can be to try something like that because of just how much freak. I mean, just basically the, the short version is just, I have a hard time shutting up. So I've just talked to a lot of people. <laughs> I think it's the short version of that. Nice. I so, I don't I don't know if that answer suffices what you were wanting, but that's that's like the best answer I got. No, it's good. It's good. Um, but follow up question to that: What has helped you prepare 
to do all these different voices throughout <laughs> this campaign because you have done quite a few uh, NPCs throughout the campaign from Strahd to um, to a couple of girls and <laughs> some very some some very fun flirty girls I should say yep <laughs> that I'm never gonna probably hear the end we'll of never hear the end of it no but okay so we i've heard so yeah so it's two-part question so how have you prepared to do these different voices and then also which was your favorite we've heard you know all of in chats favorite voices of matt but what is what has been one of your favorite to do oh gosh so the prep part i this is a weird one for me because I don't, it's not like it's an insecurity thing. It's just, I don't feel like I'm good at voices. I just don't like, it's just not a thing I feel like is my strength. So like, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Cause I just like, well, it's not going to be that great anyway. So I'm, here's a voice. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's just, I commit to it. There's like worst case. If it sounds bad, well, at least I'm going to commit to it and just, hope for the best and that's kind of what i do so honestly so far i haven't spent much any time really prepping or practicing anything it's just like so i know idris is the the crowd favorite npc and that one i just knew because it's a warforged character that i wanted it to be robotic so i talked robotic and then there were <laughs> I don't remember what went through my brain with the lady that was going to hit on Millard, but something just seemed funny in the moment to make that just a, a thick southern <laughs> lady. So that was kind of an in the moment thing. And like that that's like a DM thing, I guess you could say, because that was not a plan thing. That's just like Miller decided to go outside and try to escape the whole thing. So like, oh, okay, you're going to try to get out of this. Well, that was a mistake. We're going to make you regret that. He, he gets in so much trouble by just going outside. Yeah. Especially, after, <laughs> especially after the most recent episode that we get. Yeah, I don't know where it'll be in comparison to recording this, but yeah, uh, there was a 14. recent there was a episode 14 had some interesting uh, ramifications due to going outside. But, you know, there really hasn't been a lot of prep per se other than I do, for the most part, try to decide what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of them on the cuff. That that was a rare exception. But I, you know, like I don't. Valley girl. <laughs> that was um i i knew th- like an hour before the episode that that's probably what i was gonna do okay most likely but i i don't because i i know jay was really good about this and i know richard did the same thing with his I- irish voice that or scottish or whatever i can't remember what he did but it was um they would like actually practice the voices which is probably something i should do <laughs> so i c- could actually be lit like competent at all in it but half the time like i said i just feel like i just can't do that anyways so i was like ah, i'm just not gonna waste time practicing on it i'm just gonna this is what i want to do i'm gonna show up and do it and th- that's what mm-hmm. i go with but my favorite that's hard um 
probably just for the sake of the reaction it got and I've never seen Jay flustered before so I think I think doing the the thick southern lady was just funny <laughs> on on my end uh that's less of doing the voice and more of just seeing the reaction out of it but you know that was a funny one <laughs> to see and then I don't know like as much as I'm sure it's going to get laughs the the valley girl one was pretty amusing to to do <laughs> as well it's definitely one of my favorites i know I, I get reminded of it quite often with with <laughs> several quotes but it's just just one quote and then don't don't you worry there's there's plenty more voices to come so, so i you know i i guess i hope to keep delivering on ridiculous voices <laughs> seems to be maybe practice like I well, like I can't do good accents at all. So like, really, all I got is just doing weird, quirky stuff, which is you know, I think as long as you commit to it and don't hesitate, it works out. Is kind yeah. of seems to be my rule. It's like if if you if you're embarrassed about it or if you hesitate on it, it's gonna come through and it's gonna be obvious that that's what's happening. So like, you just gotta get in there and do it. Yeah. Just be stupid. Like we're we're all imagining that we're playing this <laughs> fantasy game, okay? Like no one is exactly just <laughs> being serious here. Like I mean, just relax and have fun. That's yeah. that's what it's I try a game. to do. Relax and have fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's my motto going into it. That's that's what I do. Which I, I suppose <laughs> the same question could be asked for Ayla. Did you did you prep? for that accent at all for my Bef for my accent um i mean i knew i wanted to do the accent but i don't usually practice there's some days when we get started and i'll like i'll mute my mic and then say a few words in the accent just so i can like get it in my head um but we also know that i i will fall out of accent um and slide into different accents a lot of the time which is kind of annoying in the fact that like especially in the last episode where Ayla went out of accent on purpose right and it was just like wait did sj fall out again or is she actually and usually like if i fall out i can get back into it but i thought that i did a decent job of changing my voice enough mm -hmm. and not just the accent but in the way she spoke as well that there was a complete difference but yeah i'm not the best at accents either but so the reason i picked that accent was because it was one i knew i could do because in college i had a friend who we would just use a slavic accent with each other um but I mm -hmm. had the problem of I would get stuck in the accent and then I would try to talk to my roommate who was from South Korea. And so she had a hard time with accents. So mm. she would just get mad at me all the time and be like, I can't understand you. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't get out of it. And then the result, we get a nice, lovely, sassy Russian in, in campaign two. <laughs> <laughs> that occasionally yes. backs out and goes to just you know just st standard English, but goes to standard English. Do you know? Sure. I'm curious if you, do you know what the most 
tricky voice to figure out for the campaign was so far for me. Strahd? Yes. And borderline right. borderline nerve-wracking, I'd even say, that I felt like, whether it be it, me just fabricating this and putting it on myself, but I, I felt like there was a lot riding on what the decision was for what Strahd would sound like. I mean, he sounds like a vampire. What because, else would he sound like? Well, I mean, because, you know, even though the, the characters may not necessarily, like know this concretely yet but i mean obviously it's the the name of the book so like it's 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 one of the one of if not the big villain of the campaign so gasp it's it's one of those things that you it it's going to have a lot of gravity to the character so it's not something you want to take lightly right so you didn't just take the book and stare at his picture no and be like what would he sound like no, uh, and I, I knew that I wanted it to be some form of a lower voice, which made it even more nerve wracking because that's another thing that I don't feel like I can do well. So I was like, well, I know what I want him to sound like. I just don't think I can achieve that is the problem. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't sound like hot garbage, but <laughs> Like I said, I, I don't feel like I'm great at voices. So I did the, the what I thought I was capable of and tried to get it as close to what I would have liked as I can. But yeah, that was definitely a nerve-wracking one. All, all the others I've felt very decent about to where I was like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's this character, this is what he sounds like, and this is what we're going with. To where that's been the only one that was different. And I, I think it's just because the gravity of the 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 character and what it is specifically but <clears throat> we're kind of nearing the end of this first podcast episode but before we do we're going to do a quick lightning round and do a final question from us both before we sign off on the end of this episode so i'll go to sj first and ask a two-part question what is your favorite aspect of D&D and what lured you to play it in the first place? Huh. Um, my favorite aspect, I really enjoyed the role playing and just getting to bounce off each other. Um, that I find the most enjoyable. So especially like these past two episodes, uh, 13 and 14 have been a lot of fun for me. Um, I get a little tripped up on the fighting aspects of things, um, but I am getting better at it, but I still enjoy the role playing a whole lot more. Um, and what led me like to play it in the first place or to have started on that, like one shot where we all kind of got started as our group. The the very first time that you guys, like what, what made you see D and D and say, yeah, that's something I honestly have no idea. <laughs> the nice. first time we played, I mean, like I, I can paint you the picture. We played in my house. I got like three of my friends and my brothers to come over. My brother, um, Jay, was the one who DM'd. But I honestly have no idea how or why. 
that I, we must have just been talking and saying something about D&D and then my brother must this is what I'm assuming would have happened was someone asked the question about D&D Jay offered to DM and we said yeah let's do it like that sounds about right <laughs> so it wasn't anything um like big that I can think of or anything <laughs> But I mean, you know, I my first experience with D and D was not like the best, which because like that is not necessary. That wasn't my introduction to D and D. My first introduction to D and D was as a kid, right? Um, where it was introduced as something terrible, like you shouldn't mm. do it. Um, which I'm sure there's a, a bunch of people listening that had similar, right? Like similar- I grew up, you know, in a very conservative Christian household. And I don't think it wasn't not, it was not something that my parents taught us. I will say that it was not something that my parents were like, D and D is bad. It was because of a uh, radio program that I used to listen to as a kid. And they, um, they did this one program and they, they didn't call it Dungeons and Dragons. They called it something else, but they portrayed it as something evil that, like, it seems like a game and fun to do, but the more and more you get into it, like, the more you get sucked into this, like, evil world. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was my first introduction. So, you know, years, you know, I did, I didn't go near d and I was like, no, I shouldn't do that. It's evil. It's bad. Um, and then in college, I, I noticed like one or two of my friends, they had dice and I was confused by it. Um, and then it was like that realization, it's just a game. <laughs> it's just right. playing make-believe. It's just hanging out with your friends. Um, and that's it. And then I found out my brother de- did D&D because he was a whole lot more into board games and card games than I was. So... Um, so that's when I found out he did D and D and was a dungeon, ma- you know, did the dungeon master uh, for different people. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was like, oh, okay. So I think around. So that wasn't until I was married that I realized like D and D really wasn't anything evil. It was just people playing a game, playing mm-hmm. make believe. So that's probably when we did the first campaign was it was just some of us who kind of grew up with that idea and wanted to try it out so sure and and that's definitely one of those topics that we'll most likely visit as like a full-length topic of an episode in the future i'm sure yeah. we can go a little more down that but that was that was my final question for the episode so what what is one that you would throw back this way Ooh, so this is a fun one um but I I'm saw scared. someone else kind of, no it, it's I really hope I I think it's a fun question um but what fandom world would you want to play a D&D campaign in mm, I, I have an instinctual answer and I would almost wager you already know what the answer is which is going to feel like probably a cop out, but literally my favorite set of movies and favorite fantasy world period 
is Lord of the Rings. Like without, I don't even have to stop to think about it. That that is quite literally my favorite fantasy realm period. Uh, so my gut says to do that. And then at the same time, it doesn't because I know so much about it and I do like surprises and I like the unknown. And I feel like if I went into that universe, there would be a lot that I already know if we were playing it in a D&D setting. So that's a tricky question for me, but uh, my, my gut definitely says Lord of the Rings. Like that's, that's kind of like a, just like, yeah, this, this, <laughs> this is kind of where I would have to go. That I, I was, I like that world too much to say any other answer. I think it <laughs> that, would, that was not what I was expecting, but that's fine. What what were you expecting? <laughs> I, I honestly, when you said you probably know what it is, my first thought was Attack on Titan. No, <laughs> good gosh, good gosh! Like I was I don't like, why die? would you want to do that? <laughs> I don't want to die. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, gosh, like that would be an awful. Like, okay, so that's just like a logistical thing. Like, that would be a very entertaining campaign to play, but you would have to have like probably 10 different characters prepared because at least three of them are getting eaten. You know, like that's <laughs> it's, you're not survivability is not a high percentage in that campaign. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I do like anime and attack on Titans. One of my favorites, but that, that would be terrifying. <laughs> I don't yep. know if I'd want to do that, but that, that was a, that was a good question, but I, that's going to wrap it I up for it was gonna be a fun question. And it was. That, that, that's going to be it for the episode one of the TOI podcast. I hope that this was somewhat entertaining. I mean, you <laughs> you folks asked for it, and uh, regardless of what content comes out of it, uh, this, this, this is what we got. <laughs> this is us in between two microphones and what happens when we open our mouths. So, yep. you know... It, it this is what you have to expect so if you want some more of this <laughs> keep coming back subscribe we'll, well yep uh you you know if i don't know how you would find this in a reverse manner but just for the sake of if you somehow are listening to this and know nothing about what we've been talking about well we're on twitch uh specifically uh twitch slash two bit lane which is my my handle which is where the stream takes place. You can find it on YouTube, which is the same. And then we also have a Patreon, which you can get to the episodes earlier on, which that one you would just search Trials of Imagination and it would come up. And I feel dumb for this, but at the moment, I don't actually remember the, like the URL or what the handle is to get to it. So I don't know if we even have that yet, but we can in later episodes, I guess. But I know right now, if you just search for Trials of Imagination, they should pull something up. So if you want to listen to the podcast early, that's how you do that. But this has been episode one. Hopefully this was entertaining for you and look forward to doing some more episodes in the future as me and SJ continue to have different nerd conversations and bring in other people as well, whether it be other players or even some guests down the road of many, many ideas and many things that we will try out and likely fail along the way. But that is 
that that that's why you're here is to see the, the good and the bad and be entertained by all of it so thank you so much for listening uh, again my name is matt and this is miss sj and we are uh leaving so bye bye